Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, we've been talking for a couple weeks about the gift that God offers all of us. And as many times as churches like ours have said it, and as many ways as we have tried to express it, it seems like a hard concept for people to understand that uh, salvation, uh, freeing us from the penalty of sin and freeing us from the power of sin and then eventually freeing us from the very presence of sin is a gift from God. We live in a culture that uh, is a works culture. You know, you go to work and you earn your living and you get paid and you go to work again and, and you keep that cycle up until you can't do it any longer. Uh, we don't understand the concept of, of the gift of God. Uh, there is this terrific verse in 2 Corinthians 9.15. It says, Thank God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. You know, the, uh, we've been preaching sermons for a long time and teaching lessons about, uh, about the Lord. And we come to the same conclusion that the gift of God is too hard for us to express. It's uh, way beyond our human comprehension. I said uh, yesterday in church that uh, the gift of God is something that we receive and, and we really don't know everything in that package. And we keep, uh, we keep opening that package layer after layer throughout our whole life. And it's inexhaustible. Uh, there's no end to what God has provided for those who receive the gift of eternal life. Because eternal life is, that's a wonderful thing. And I know a lot of times people sit in a meeting like this and they say, well, that's way down the road somewhere. You know, that's, uh, let's see, I'm 40 years old and uh, let's see, I'll figure this out. That's way down the road somewhere. That may be so. But, you know, eternal life has another aspect to it. And uh, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I am come that you might have life. That's eternal life. And then you might have life more abundantly, and that's a purpose for living. And more than going to work and earning a living, it's, it's, uh, it's like gathering your friends and your family and saying, hey, listen, uh, I have this story to tell you. It's the greatest story ever told. It's about the greatest person who ever lived. It's about the greatest offer ever made. And it's all for you. We don't understand that sometimes. You know, we used to, many years ago in the church, sing this little song, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Oh, how wonderful, oh, how marvelous is his love for me. I just stand amazed in the presence. And as we uh, read the Bible, systematically like we're trying to encourage people to do, uh, we just have to stand back amazed all the time uh, at God's love and how he cares for us in such a wonderful way. You know, God meets all of us and we all have our stories to tell in unexpected places. Sometimes it's a hospital, doctor's office, funeral home, church service, Sometimes it's uh, working the night shift with a friend that's been changed by the power of God and we can't understand it until that friend explains it. When Jesus came into this world, the first persons that he, that he made the announcement to, of course, were the shepherds. They were working the night shift. They were watching the flock by night and 
And the people in town were happy that they were working the night shift because they didn't want to have too much to do with them. Uh, because they had this reputation that whenever they came through, lots of things disappeared. And so the Lord was making a statement. And the statement that he was making is, listen, these people you don't care too much about, I really care about because I have a love that's as big as the world. And there's nobody on the face of the planet that I don't love right now. And that's why I'm sending my son Jesus into the world to be born, to live, to die, to pay the penalty for every single person. And so he appeared to the shepherds. And then I was looking up that word gift in the Bible, and I found in the book of John it's only mentioned one time. And it's when Jesus was describing himself to the Samaritan woman as the gift. And he said to her, if you knew the gift, um, about the gift, I'm going to give you uh, water that will never run out. He was describing himself as a gift. And that's why you hear sometimes people talk about what we talk about in the church as a personal relationship. You know, the gift of God is something personal. It's, it's God himself. It's God himself coming to us and offering himself to us. Uh, you know, it's not so much about going to church. It's not so much about giving money. It's, it's, it's really not about that. It's just our relationship with God, one-on-one. -on -one. And Jesus said to this woman, which nobody really wanted anything to do with her in John chapter 4, but Jesus... He never leaves anybody out. Do you know that? You may be here tonight, and I'll tell you, it wouldn't surprise me that there were a number of people here tonight, and you felt pretty left out. Uh, I want to go on record tonight to say, listen, God doesn't feel that way about you. He loves you as much as any other person on planet Earth. There are no favorites with God. In fact, though, everybody is a favorite with God. Everybody. And so if, if you're here tonight like that, listen, God loves you and he came into this world to be born for you. When Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 2, he was talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's the way God is moving in the world today. Uh, when we invite Jesus Christ into our heart, he sends his Holy Spirit to live there because the Spirit and Jesus are one and the same, in essence. And uh, the Holy Spirit today is available for you and for me to help us live our life. And I'll tell you, it's a great help in life. It really is. Because when you read the book of John and you see all the things that the Holy Spirit offers us, it's amazing. Uh, it really is. He is said in the book of John to be our comforter, our counselor, our teacher. And you can't beat that. And there are many, many times in life you need some comfort, don't you? Amen. And more times than that, you need counsel. You need the Lord to say, hey, listen, this is the direction to go, and I want you to go in that direction. And you know, this is what I found out. God never leads anyone in the wrong direction. Never. Never, ever. And so what an offer... He makes to us. Um, he's our teacher. Uh, when I first uh, started to try to read the Bible, I found it was an impossible task. How many people here have found that 
to be hard to read the Bible. Would you raise your hand? I'm, I'll hold mine up right with you. I found it was an impossible task for me to understand the Bible until I invited Jesus into my heart. And when I invited Christ into my heart, I picked up the Bible for the very first time. And I said to myself, I understand now what this is about. And I discovered later that there's a verse in the Bible that describes that. The scripture says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. He can't know them because these things are only spiritually understood. And so when we receive the Lord, he sends his spirit, he opens our eyes, we can understand the Bible. And that's all available for you and me. And so tonight, I want to offer you uh, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And it's yours for the asking. It's yours for the receiving. John 1.12 says this, To as many as received him, to them gave he the authority to become the children of God. You know, God speaks to our life at different times and different ways, don't you think? Amen. He really does. He uh, talks to us in, in terms that other people don't talk to us. Uh, but he always comes uh, knocking because, because he's the aggressor. You know, people are not out there in our world looking around for God. God's looking around for them. And uh, this is the iconic picture of an uh, illustration of a verse of Scripture in the Bible. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. And so, if you sense tonight in this service on this Christmas Eve that God once again is knocking on your heart's door, he wants to give you the gift of eternal life. It's free. But it was paid for by the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross for your sins. It's not cheap. He paid the price. And so he offers it to you. Forgiveness, faith, peace, contentment, and a place in heaven when you die. Jesus will not crash the door down in your life. He will just wait for you to open the door, and then he'll step in. And when he steps in, the lights go on, and uh, you're in for a new life. And so I'd like to ask you right now to bow your heads with me this evening in our church on this uh, Christmas Eve. And I ask, you as, I ask you, is the Lord knocking on your heart's door? Maybe you're here tonight and you, maybe God is knocking real loud and you're saying to yourself, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I'd like to give you the opportunity tonight to invite him in. It's very simple. All you have to do is call on him. You don't have to earn your way to God. You just have to open your heart by faith to him and believe in him and trust him as your Savior. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been to services like this before and you've heard God knocking on your heart before and you kind of refuse to open the doors, but let me urge you tonight to receive the gift that he has for you this Christmas. 
I'm going to pray right now the prayer of salvation. And if you pray this with me from your heart, not out loud, but in your heart, I, I believe the Lord will hear your prayer tonight and come into your heart. Just pray this. Dear Lord, I need you. I'm separated from you. I've broken your law. Forgive me, Lord. I come to you to thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I want to be honest with you tonight. I am receiving you as my personal Savior. I fling open my heart to you, Lord. Send your spirit in to take control in my life. And Lord, I want to be one of your followers in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. The gift of eternal life. It's a gift that we get from God, and the rest of your life will just be keep opening and opening it and discovering all the new things there that God has for us. Amen. Amen. As we close our service, our choir is going to come and gather around. We invite you to sing Silent Night with us. And uh, if you'll just look forward on your, if you'll lean forward to the rack underneath the seat in front of you, you'll find an LED tea light candle. For the safety of everybody, we'd like to ask you to take that LED tea light candle and turn it on. We have controlled, uh, controlled candles up here, okay? And uh, so we're going to take the lights down. Can start, we can start the music. sing together silent night
Let's all raise our candles in the air. Let's just sing that last verse. Look around the room. What a beautiful sight. We'll sing that first verse a cappella. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, God's people said, Amen. As we extinguish our candle tonight, I would like to uh, just let you know that uh, as you leave today, a few of our people, one of our ladies made, uh, made this orange and red ribbon. If I could have uh, the stage lights back on for just a moment, I'm going to read this little poem to you. Yes. As you're putting your candles back, please switch them off and place them back in the rack for the next service. You'll see in the foyer, Julianne, where's Julianne? Well, raise her hand. She's in the choir. She may have already went out there. Julianne has uh, so kindly made these for us. This is the orange, the orange and green ribbon, and there's a little poem that goes with it. We want to give this out to you tonight in memory of the, uh, of the tragedy that happened recently here in, in Connecticut. And let me just read this to you. It says, the color orange is a power is a power color. It is one of the healing colors. The color orange can be used as an, as an attention-getting color, used on caution signs. It is also said that if one wears the color orange during times of stress and shock, that it can help balance one's emotions. Orange also stands for orange, for courage, the same courage, uh, the, same courage the children, teachers, and psychologists had in Connecticut, the same courage that Jesus had. The color green represents the mental illness, the same mental illness that sometimes goes unnoticed or untreated. The purpose of the orange ribbon is to serve as a reminder that, that, to always have courage, courage to help others, courage to listen, and courage to pray. The purpose of the green ribbon is to serve as a reminder that, there are that we all struggle in different ways, especially the ones that struggle with mental illness. We need to be more aware and more educated what happens, what, really, what that mental illness really means. So as we leave today, she has given us the orange ribbon, and I want you to have that as a remember, uh, remembrance tonight of our, of our dear friends in Connecticut. Thank you very much, Ken. Well, it's, so, it's been delightful to have you up here on the hill with us on Christmas Eve. Let's stand together, please. Be careful as you leave the parking lot. Be very courteous, and especially when you pull out down on the road. Turn around and shake hands with as many people as you can tonight and greet them. And